Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 135, recorded February 6, 2023. I'm your host, Charles Current. And in today's episode, insurers drop vehicles due to ease of theft, worker crushed by safe, first public pick of the CISM Atlas, nitric acid burglaries, products, videos, blog posts, criminals, events, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. You can find full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. Start off with another update on the Locky Awards. I have suspended voting right now and reopened the nominations. When I sorted through everything, some categories only had one person nominated. And I wanted to make it a little more fun and, and have a little suspense. So if I can encourage you to head over to the LockyAwards.net and get some nominations entered before the 25th of February, we will start voting in March. So that gives you another couple of weeks to get your entries in for nominations for the Lucky Awards. First up in the news, auto insurers are dropping coverage of certain vehicles due to ease of theft. The article says that two of the largest insurers in the country, Progressive and State Farm, have confirmed that they no longer write policies for some Kia and Hyundai models manufactured between 2015 and 2019. And this is only in certain cities, but they did not tell the news service which cities are affected. They say that the vehicles being stolen lack the electronic immobilizers that can make it harder for a thief to steal a car just by bypassing the ignition. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know we covered several stories about the Kia boys and uh, the TikTok challenge where people were stealing these cars by just ripping the ignition cylinder out and using a USB cable to turn the actuator. If they're that easy to steal, they're too risky to insure, evidently, and at least in certain cities, these insurance companies will not be providing you insurance anymore. And I don't have the article in front of me right now, but I also know that there has been a lawsuit enacted in uh, at least one state against the manufacturers because the vehicles are so easy to steal. And I'll try to remember to find that and get it in a future episode. Next up, we have an article that's a reminder of how dangerous safes can be. Man crushed to death by safe in Claremont County. This was out of Milford, Ohio. And it says a man is dead after being crushed by a safe door at a business in Milford. Union Township Police and Fire responded to a workplace incident at Hamilton Safe on Round Bottom Road on Wednesday. First responders found a male employee trapped beneath a safe door. He was pronounced dead at the scene. The victim's name is being withheld until family can be notified. Hamilton Safe is one of the largest manufacturers of physical security products, pneumatic tube systems, and audio video systems in the United States, according to its website anyway. The company was acquired in 2012 by Gunbow, based in Gothenburg, Sweden. There is an investigation being conducted by both the local police and the Cincinnati OSHA office. And uh feel bad for that uh that man and his family and hope his family does okay. 
But again, just a reminder of how dangerous these safes can be. They are extremely heavy. The good quality ones are extremely heavy. Moving them, working on them in certain situations can be extremely dangerous. So just be aware of that, especially if you are trying to move them in or out of a house. So next up, we have a little story here, real quick one, just to, to point out a problem that was discovered by LoxNY on Twitter. It's a problem of pin diameter. Evidently, some of the cheap lock clones are not using the same size and diameter of pins that most U.S. locks use. It looks These look to be a Schlage keyway cylinder, and they are not using the standard size pins that most USA pin kits would carry. They're a smaller pin, probably because they're they're cheaper. Anyway, if you are a locksmith and you have to go out and work on some of these locks, you may not have the correct pinning kit to repin them, and you might end up having to replace them. And in community news, we have what appears to be the first public pick of the CISM Atlas uh, by Do Not Duplicate. He's published what appears to be the first public pick of the Atlas. This is a high tolerance five element magnetic lock do not duplicate becoming quite the expert at picking magnetic locks and i will have a link to the video of that feat in the show notes and uh, well done congratulations to do not duplicate for that amazing pick and oak city locksport has been uh, busy teaching people how to pick and prepping for the upcoming con scene they posted that they have been doing some uh, meetups in February. They had one at a local library at the library's request where they taught people how to pick. They've got another one coming up. They're also running the Lock Picking Village at, let's see if I can say it correctly this time, Kakalakicon in May. And they will be putting out a call for volunteers pretty soon for that. So if you happen to be in the area, you might want to consider helping out. They've also been working on special kits to sell at the con. Those include repinnable mortise cylinders with two keys and pins to match, plus extra security pins, springs, cap screws, and stuff like that. And progressive kick cylinders also on the, the list there. They say the prices aren't set yet, but they are expecting them to be very low. So be on the lookout for their call for volunteers. If you aren't able to volunteer, maybe consider at least going to the con and popping in and saying hello. Only one video this week. It's a video put out by CLK Supplies. The hashtag LockBoss giveaway. New season, new prizes, new opportunities to win. The reason I bring this up is because for season two of the LockBoss giveaway, they are starting off with two chances to win for every entry. So they're having their usual weekly giveaways. And in addition to that, each entry also enters you into a giveaway for a Triton machine on May 4th. So basically you have your weekly smaller item giveaways as usual, and then one big giveaway in May for a very nice machine. So if you're into the giveaway scene, be sure to be entering the Lockboss giveaways at CLK Supplies. And there's a link in the show notes to the video where they explain the rules and and all that so be sure to check that out moving on to other interesting blogs and articles here we have a doorknob collector the article is entitled opening the door to one of vancouver's most unusual collections and collectors robert mcnutt 
collects doorknobs, antique lighting, ribcage showers, and aesthetic movement ceramics, among other things. The part that interested me, of course, was the doorknob collection. It says that to Robert, a doorknob can be a work of art. Some of the highlights of his collection include a couple of doorknobs from the Vanderbilts, one of the wealthiest and most prominent families in America's Gilded Age. His latest score is a doorknob from the White House, removed during the 1950s remodel. Evidently, they were sold as souvenirs at the time, and he came across one for sale. Sounds like the people who were selling it didn't even actually know what it was, because they're obviously not labeled White House. Anyway, interesting article. Uh, A lot more information in the article than I'm sharing here, so be sure to check out the link in the show notes. Next up is an article entitled, A Summary of What I Learned from the Physical Security Village at DEFCON Toronto. The intro says, Last Saturday, I attended DEFCON Toronto. The event was focused primarily on physical security, and the folks from the Physical Security Village covered a wide range of topics in two days. Here are my main takeaways. And with that little teaser, I will leave you to read the rest of the article. I think you will enjoy it. The Tool Black Bag blog has a new post up called Minus 3 Seconds Impressioning Tool. And I'm going to read some excerpts from the beginning of the article to just kind of give you an idea what it's about and leave it to you to go read it if you want to know all the information. It says impressioning competitions are all about opening the most locks in the least amount of time. Quite often, every second counts. Most of the players have reinvented their setup multiple times. I've seen 3D printed attributes for key marking and often see the newest inventions. The tool idea of this blog isn't a new one. It has, in fact, existed over a decade in use. We have blogged about it back then. It is, however, still relevant. What is it? It's a modified cylinder where the pins are replaced by sharp carbide rods by Pressing a key into the pins, the pin positions are marked on the key, which in turn allows a key of all depths to one to be made. The process takes a second. Instead of preparing a blank with sandpaper, a filing jig, or marking the positions one by one with a scribe, to be completely honest, it might not save me too much time. I just like it as a convenience tool. Anyway, it goes over quite a bit of detail about how the the device is made. So if you want to make one of those for yourself, if you are into impressioning or especially impressioning competitions, it might be a good blog article to read. Next up is an article entitled Opening a Safe the DIY Way. The same device was also talked about in a Hackaday article called Opening a Safe with a Stepper Motor and DIY Auto Dialer. The article is about someone creating a simple auto-dialer to get into a safe with a lost combination, a story we've heard several times. It's a very simple setup. According to the article, it can't detect opening on its own, so to make sure that the door opened on the right combination, the maker strapped a piece of cable docked, he says, to the door and put some tension on it to pull the door open when the correct combination was dialed. It says it took almost two full days to get the safe open, but it did work, and he has published the code to GitHub if anybody is interested. Might give you a head start in how to program one of these things. I haven't looked the code over myself, but uh, should be interesting. CLK Supplies put out a new post called Do Locksmiths Make Good Money? The very beginning of the article pretty much summarizes everything. It says, as a locksmith, you'll be able to work in a wide range of settings, from residential homes to commercial buildings. In addition to providing a valuable service, locksmiths can make good money. 
with salaries ranging from $25,190 to $54,290 U.S., and an average annual salary of $40,670, or $19.67 per hour. And how good that is will depend on what the cost of living is in the area you live in, and every market is going to have a slightly different wage rate for your locksmith because cost of living varies. This article gives a very general salary range, but it doesn't go into where you can make what. So if you're interested, you will have to do a little more research. Link to that article, of course, in the show notes. Moving on to products. CLK Supplies has a new product, the Lockpick Lodge Complete Lockpicking Kit, picks and essential tools included. It says unlock your potential with the Lockpick Lodge Complete Lockpicking Kit, this all-in-one kit has everything you need to get started in the world of lockpicking. With a variety of picks in different shapes and sizes and precision tension wrenches, you'll have all the tools you need to tackle any lock. Whether you're a beginner or an expert locksmith, this kit is a perfect way to build your pick collection and take your skills to the next level. It says the Lockpick Lodge carrying case product features a hard shell zippered case, eight pockets to hold 24 plus lockpicks and tension wrenches and stuff like that, uh, Built-in magnetic bars to hold your leashy picks, up to six of those. Reinforced handle for easy transportation. The full kit contents include the carrying case, of course, 10 traditional picks, five tension wrenches, two leashy picks, the SC1 and KW1, one plug spinner, and you get that for a total of $319 US on their website. They also have the new LockBoss Ultimate Pinning and Work Mat. They say the LockBoss Pinning Mat is the perfect tool for any locksmith. Made from high-quality, durable materials, this mat provides a stable and sturdy surface for all your lock work and rekeying projects. The features listed are that it is made of high-quality, thick PVC. It says it fits perfectly in front of a pinning kit or on a workbench. The largest area on the mat is dedicated to workspace, so you have plenty of space to get jobs done. Perfect sized grips, so you don't have to waste time trying to pick up dropped pins. Decoding chamber with seven spaces for standard and SFIC work. Space for small lock parts and pieces. Large pinning tray area that fits several pins and even wafers. Pinning tray is 10 positions wide, perfect for automotive work. Space dedicated for tools, the lock boss emblem, and it is 21 inches by 11 and a quarter inches and is $26.99 US on their website. Next up, we have a book. I believe I've covered this book before when it was available for pre-order. Looks like it's actually been released. This is the Antique Locking Keys, Their History, Uses, and Mechanisms book. The description says, this is the most beautiful, complete, and largest book on antique lock and keys ever published. Not only are there over 1,000 stunning high-resolution photos of European locks and keys from Roman times through the Industrial Revolution, all with dates, dimensions, and provenance, but the detailed photos and the author's notes also allow us to examine and understand the workings of the lock's internal mechanisms. This is a book that every lock and key collector, locksmith, blacksmith who makes locks and architectural restorer will want to own. The book is a hardcover, 290 pages, over 1,000 high-quality color photos, and is for sale for $58.95, and a link in the show notes if you are looking to pick that up. 
Moving on to events and meetups, we have HCon 2023 taking place on February 24th, 2023 in Madrid, Spain. The International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. is holding the Lockpicking 101 in-person spy school workshop on February 27th. B-Sides Harrisburg is taking place March 11th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The Lockpick Championship by event is March 25th in Bergheim. Pack for Kids Milwaukee, March 31st in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's a new one. Colonel Con, April 12th in Omaha, Nebraska. It appears they will have some lockpicking content or lockpicking village of something, some kind there. B-Sides Nashville, taking place April 15th in Nashville, Tennessee. B-Sides New York, April 22nd, New York, New York. The RSAC Sandbox, April 25th in San Francisco, California. The T2 InfoSec Conference, May 4th in Helsinki, Finland. KakalakiCon, May 5th, Durham, North Carolina. And B-Sides Knoxville, May 12th in Knoxville, Tennessee. There are several more uh, later events listed on the website, thelocksportscast.com. If you want to head over there, if you're looking further out, that's where I'm going to cut it off for the show episodes for right now. But uh, there are more future events listed on the website if you're interested. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts for the week. Uh, This first one is a purple belt. I only saw a Discord sync request. It wasn't actually a request for the belt, but the person has the belt, and I haven't seen or announced this one before, so I thought I would say congratulations to Purple Skull 435 for earning Purple Belt. And we have a new black belt announcement. I'm going to read this as it was posted in the Discord because I think there's some important information there, and I don't want to screw it up by trying to summarize it. It says, today we have one of the greatest contributors to LockWiki joining the ranks of our black belts. For his belt, MG Secure picked through the West 917 and the Goal V18, cracked an SNG 6730, and mentored pickers in all of these locks. On top of that, he reworked classic guides in modern formats, gave countless photos and illustrations to our community, Contributed over a dozen LockWiki articles and gave us brand new graph formats. His contribution to our community is unique in magnitude and quality, qualifying him to enter the dojo. So congratulations to you, MG Secure, and thank you for all of your work in the community. For anyone not already familiar with the LockPickers United belt system, there are links in the show notes to the official rules page, as well as several other pages and videos. That will explain the system, how it works, and why it's so much fun. Be sure to check those out. Now's the part of the show where I'd like to take a quick break, say thank you to the people that made this particular episode possible. We'll start with the financial supporters. We have Medler, Panda Frog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Monster Tactical, Three Raccoons and Coat, Terrell, aka Anthony, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltoon. Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, Bare Bones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lockpicker, Snake Paracentric, and John R. Chief content producer for this episode is Terrell, aka Anthony. Other content producers are to Choke 2000, Bare Bones Lockpicking, I Fisk, Iona West, Jeff and Things, Jeff Moss, Joshua Gonzalez, Lady Locks, Lock Fumbler, Oak City Locksport, Panda Frog, 
the Lockpicker 1969, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you for your continued support. And remember that this show is only possible because of all that support. So if you enjoy this podcast, please help keep it going by showing your support. The number one thing you can do to support this podcast is send in your news, links, events, giveaway information. Anything you have that's happening in the Locksport community, even if you think I should have already heard about it, if you think somebody else will probably tell me about it, there's a good chance they won't. So send it in to me, either at podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other social media links in the show notes. Easiest way is to just tag me in a social media post, and uh, I will try to do my best to put it in the podcast. Other ways you can help, you can share the show with your lockpicking friends. You can leave a review, comment, thumbs up, whatever the platform you listen on allows. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform. If you want to help financially, you can. It is definitely not required, but always appreciated. And you can do that via PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. If you support the show with either donation or information that I use in an episode of the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. I'm always looking for interesting stories about things that happen to you because of Locksport or while you're participating in Locksport or because you're a locksmith. So if you have interesting stories, feel free to send them in to me. The locksportscast.com slash contact is a good form to enter it in, or you can just email me at podcast at the locksportscast.com. If you have feedback about the show, whether you want that to be public or confidential, either way, you can send that to me on the contact page as well. Just remember to keep it uh, reasonable length, polite, work family safe, no politics, and not just drama if you want it to be shared on the show. Moving on to criminals, we have nitric acid burglaries. And this is out of Berlin. The Berlin police have reported dozens of burglaries in which highly concentrated nitric acid has been used to corrode door locks. It says that as of January 5th, there have been 50 cases. Previously, the acid has only been used in multifamily housing to corrode door locks. The police had warned about these crimes at the end of December and called on those affected to report them immediately. It says that gloves do not provide sufficient protection against the highly corrosive and respiratory irritant substances. Organic materials such as wood door frames or floors are also attacked by nitric acid. The liquid is subject to the Chemicals Prohibition Ordinance and is not freely available for sale, authorities said. It is evidently illegal for common citizens to possess in Germany. So, yeah, if you live in Germany, look for uh, signs that your door lock has been corroded. And if you see them, don't touch. Call the cops. I just thought this was an interesting new attack on door locks. It's one that I actually hadn't even uh, considered, but makes a lot of sense. Uh, Acids can do a lot of damage to the physical integrity of Lots of systems, so something to uh, to think about. Next up, cops surmise stunt driver diverted attention from high-low heist. This is out of Montego Bay, Jamaica. Police investigators have theorized that a driver seen performing various stunts at the Fairview Shopping Complex in Montego Bay in the wee hours of the Friday morning was using the noise from the vehicle's engine to distract security personnel and to disguise the sound of heavy equipment being used to execute a multi-million dollar heist. At daybreak, it was discovered that crooks made off with cash amounting to over $2.5 million from a Cambio 
dozens of high-end cell phones from a store, and cash and other items estimated at several million dollars from the high-low supermarket. And they they stressed that the break-in seemed well-orchestrated. Don Weeby, uh, CEO, said, The news of the break-in is very upsetting. Coming soon after we just officially opened Hilo Negril Thursday night. I visited the location Friday morning to see what happened and speak with the staff. And from my observations, it is clearly a well-orchestrated robbery. According to the police, about 2 a.m. Friday morning, a motor vehicle was seen carrying out various stunts in the vicinity of the supermarket. Crooks used power tools, crowbars, sledgehammers, and steel cutters to cut a hole in a wall at the rear of the building. They entered the office, cut open two safes, and stole the cash. They believe approximately five men were involved in the robbery, three of whom were caught on surveillance cameras. So anyway, I I just thought that was interesting. That sounds like something straight out of a movie. It's like Jamaican Fast and the Furious. Moving on to sales, bare bones lock picking 10% off if you use the code FLUR10. That's F L U U R R R 10, and that expires at the end of February. 3DLockSport.com 10% off if you use the code LSCAST10. Southord has their sale items page up. No code, just use the link provided. Same goes for the Southord Cosmetically Blemished page. No codes needed, just use the provided link. La Lock Tools, you can save 10% if you use the link provided by Review Guru on Twitter. I will have a link to the appropriate post. Mako Locks, you can save 15% if you use the code BUYMAKO. UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off if you use the code GIFT. And Covert Instruments appears to regularly have items on sale. Just look for the little blue sale icon on the page. Moving on to giveaways, Lockpicker 1969 Locksport Bundle Giveaway. Uh, giving away custom t-shirts and different items, and that ends on February 11th. Watch the video at the provided link to find out the rules. Jeff and Things is having a Poor Man's Pickings 100A Double Milestone Giveaway. That ends February 12th. Looks like a pretty good giveaway. Follow the link in the show notes to watch his video and get all the rules and find out what's involved. Picking Time Live with uh, Lady Locks. There's quite often giveaways over there, so be sure to check those out if you're into the giveaway scene. And if you're into giveaways, you definitely want to check out the CLK Supplies Lock Boss giveaway since they are now doing uh, two separate giveaways, the weekly giveaways and the more long-term giveaway for the fancy cutting machine. So be sure to check that out. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support from everyone who contributed stories for all the donated uh, money. Really appreciate it. And remember that the show is only possible because of that support. I apologize for this episode being a little late. My work schedule is over the weekend right now. So I'm recording this on Monday morning and I hope to get it out first thing Tuesday morning. And uh, just remember, I, I appreciate you all and keep it legal. <laughs> <laughs>